I'm not the best at reacting to things because my immediate re reaction is to shut down and cry and scream and uh, turn into some primal being. <laughs> and because like as a person with extremely limited energy resources, um, you know, I, I have to be really careful about how I use my energy and that's hard because all I want to do is just run out into the streets screaming and lighting things on fire. Um, but that's not really, you know, a good use of my energies. Hey there, and welcome to In Sickness and In Health, a podcast that is usually about issues related to chronic illness and disability, healthcare, and mortality. Um, this episode is different than our normal episodes, uh, and it was, it's just me talking about my election feelings. Um, I recorded it about a week after the, uh, uh, the presidential election in the United States, and I didn't put it out then because it was essentially or what I thought was 55 minutes of me just yelling and saying, fuck that guy and fuck his friends, which happens a lot, to be fair. I actually didn't yell at all, which I was surprised by listening back to it um, like a month, maybe a month and a half later. Um, I am never going to be the person who has a hot take for you on anything. I'm not good at reacting. Um, if my takes are anything, they'll generally be lukewarm, cold, even like moldy from being in the back of the refrigerator for several weeks uh, untouched. Um, and especially now in the past year, I've just been having a lot of problems with my brain and stringing together thoughts and sentences. So uh, this is edited, though not heavily, and you get to kind of hear uh, what what my brain sounds like um, without all of the internal screaming that has made putting together an episode about this so difficult. Um, about a week or two after I recorded this, I also recorded with Christopher Snyder, who has been on the podcast a few times before. Um, his episode, that episode will be out shortly as well. Um, we talk a little bit more about this stuff, but it, um, this is interesting to put out, I think, you know, a couple weeks before the inauguration, um, because everything has changed and yet nothing has changed. This, These maniacs are still going to be uh, our president and uh, executive branch and legislative branch and, and likely even judicial branch of our government. So that's cool. By cool, I mean terrible. Um, this has been like living a slow motion nightmare, like just looking up at a slow motion guillotine, waiting for it to, to kill me. Um, and praying that the blade is sharp enough that it kills me in the first go or that it's so dull that it doesn't harm me at all. And I can, you know, get up and punch somebody in the face. I don't know. All very violent stuff. 
Um, this is why I haven't really put out an episode because I am still just at such a loss for words about all of this. Um, anyway, I hope you're doing okay. Um, if you don't live in the United States, congratulations. Um, but you know, keep an eye out. This is a lot of people from outside of the United States have, um, ask me, you know, like, what is going on over there? And yes, it is bananas. But at the same time, this is part of uh, a global rise of uh, far right thinking and fascism that I have seen um, happening for a few years now. Um you know, we saw the Brexit vote, but before that, even there had been um, fascist groups popping up all over the place and really gaining traction, which is terrifying. Um, so if you don't live here, uh, I don't know. I don't know. Everything's terrible. Um, <laughs> at the same time, there are a lot of people doing really great work out there, so keep fighting the good fight. Um, I, I'm not sure I have much else to say. Uh, if you want to hear more stuff from the podcast, of course, you can always find our other episodes, resources and stuff at insignispod.com. Uh, find us on social media at insignispod. Um, I haven't been very active recently. Um, podcast-wise, because I've been doing other stuff and also just laying in the dark a lot, doing nothing with migraines and other stuff. So, um, I don't know what to tell you. Good luck out there. I love you. I usually start each episode with like a disclaimer about, um, you know, just being respectful of people and their bodies and their... Uh, experiences. Um, I guess I don't have something to replace that exactly that translates to like this episode. Um, but like, don't be a dick about this, I guess, is all I'm asking. Um, there are uh, a hundred caveats that I could make about um, the situation we find ourselves in and the healthcare system and costs within the healthcare system, which is, of course, its own beast. And um, that uh, uh, it's a lot more complicated. I mean, it, it's all, all of it's very complicated, right? Ugh, man, very complicated shit. So just don't be a dick. Um, <laughs> that's all I ask. Oh, and one last thing. Um, shit. See, this is why it's hard to podcast. I can't even remember things from one moment to the next. Um, oh, right. Um, you may have already figured this out, but if, um, harsh language, uh, swear words, if you will, um, are offensive to you, you may want to sit this one out and not listen to this. Um, because I... Listen, I'm from New Jersey. I can't help it sometimes, you know, especially if I'm worked up. So, I, I don't know what to tell you. <laughs>
I usually, if I do this, I'll like write out what I'm going to say because um, my brain isn't exactly the fastest at making words happen and stringing them together in sentence form. Um, but uh, yeah, this one's going to be different. Freestyling, you know, just <laughs> letting it rip or whatever. Um, if you have been living under a rock for the past week, which I don't blame you if you have, you might want to crawl back under there. Um, you're aware of the outcome of the U.S. election on November 8th. Uh, and, uh, whew, yikes. Um, you know, I understand why, why people weren't thrilled with uh, the alternative. But uh, the United States, or at least the Electoral College, will go ahead and elect a white supremacist, a uh, total fucking con artist, um, as president of the United States. And uh, that's terrifying. I wanted her to win, but I wasn't necessarily expecting her to win. I was expecting a long and drawn out recount process, probably like uh, what happened after the 2000 election. Uh, and this one certainly uh, has a lot of parallels to it. Uh, you know, the biggest one being that Core won the popular vote and lost the Electoral College, just as Hillary did. Um, I did not expect. Donald Trump to win immediately either. Uh, that was a surprise. I, a lot of people were, were fairly confident that Hillary would win. And I kept saying like, oh, you know, I, and not until I see that woman get inaugurated. Well, I believe it. And then on, on election day, I was feeling, you know, remarkably hopeful. I was like, let's get, let's go out there. Let's elect our first lady president. Let's do this thing. I was psyched. Um, and even on election night, watching the coverage, I took a nap at, at like 930 because I was like, oh, don't worry. The Electoral College votes will be black backloaded for Hillary and, and, and she'll come back. She'll win this thing. And I woke up at 2 a.m. right before they called it for Trump <laughs> and stayed up until probably 730 a.m., waiting for that to change, waiting for them to say like, oh, JK, it uh, turns out we haven't counted like 100 million votes. So we still have to do that before we can really declare a winner or something, you know. Um, I, I really didn't think that he was going to win. I think if I did, I would have done more contingency planning. I would have renewed my passport. I would have maybe um, actually gone ahead and gotten my shit together for dual citizenship in Ireland. Um, not that their women's reproductive health care is much better than what we'll have under a Trump administration, but, you know, as of right now, they're still part of the European Union, so at least there's that. Um, so, yeah, I, I wasn't expecting this, and I was shocked Although I was not surprised. I, I know 
how racist and xenophobic and misogynist this country is. I have been paying attention. I mean, how could you not know that? Um, it's really obnoxious to me to see people be like, I can't believe it. What? I can't believe people are this racist. Um, people are definitely this racist. And, uh, you know, I, I, like I said, I just, I'm in a really dark place right now and I'm trying to summon all of the grace and compassion (laughs) I possibly can to not just scream at people and say, you will get what you deserve. Um, because I don't want them to get what they deserve because we will also get that, uh, you know, and, and, and blasting myself to the moon has not yet, uh, proved to be a (sighs) feasible option. Although I suppose with Newt Gingrich, (laughs) maybe we'll get those moon bases after all. Um, Yikes. 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 This is going to be a disaster. Uh, If you don't think it's going to be a disaster, I envy you. I envy your Pollyanna-ish. I don't know how to say that word. (sighs) Pollyanna-ish-ness. Fuck this, man. Fuck this. Fuck that guy. Fuck his friends. Um, And frankly, fuck all the people that voted for him. Um, I mean, it's not half the country that voted for him. I keep hearing people say that half the country voted for him. Um, half Half of eligible voters did not vote for him or anyone half of approximately half of eligible half of voters did not vote um i think it and a lot of people have been laying that at the feet of um apathy and and, uh hopelessness and while that is a large portion of those who did not vote, it is absolutely worth noting that this is the first presidential election since uh, the Voting Rights Act was gutted. And so a lot of people who did not vote were disenfranchised by that and not able to and, and not able to cast their votes. Um, and we should be very pissed about that. So let's keep that in mind. Um, So of the people that voted, approximately half went to Trump and half went to Clinton. Uh, Gary Johnson got some votes. Jill Stein got some votes. Uh, Mitt Romney got some write-in votes. Um, I wonder how Vernon Supreme did. He wasn't on my ballot. Let's take a look. Everybody gets a pony. That's that's a platform I can get behind. Uh, 
anyway, I guess he did not make it to the final, the final countdown. Um, so yeah, Hillary did win the popular vote. Um, our dumb electoral college, our, our, I'm sorry, the word dumb is ableist, but it just, uh, I am hurting so much physically because it's raining and I feel like shit, but also emotionally because this is really a nightmare scenario. Um, uh, what's even scarier is, uh, he is just smoke and mirrors, really. Um, Trump doesn't scare me. What scares me is the people that he's surrounding himself with. He's just a big, loud, ugly rock. But if you flip that rock over, it is like a Hieronymus Bosch painting of nightmare insects under there. Um, a lot of people are scrambling to impeach him or whatever. And I have, <laughs> I have, uh, no doubt that there will be plenty of impeachable offenses, uh, already. Um, so <laughs> great start. Um, listen, if I'm laughing, it's just because I'm trying not to cry. This is just how I deal. Uh, thank God for jokes. Um, so anyway, uh, should Pete, should Trump be impeached? That leaves us with Mike Pence, who is scarier, much scarier. And this, uh, we're not talking in hypotheticals here, uh, because you see, Trump doesn't actually have any real beliefs. Like he doesn't actually, I mean, I'm sure he does believe some of the things that he's saying. His his record in New York City certainly shows that he is, in fact, a white supremacist. Um, and goodness knows he has so much respect for women. Again, big joke. Uh, so let's take a look at Mike Pence's record on reproductive rights, shall we? Um Mike Pence, he has been on a crusade to end patients' access to care at Planned Parenthood health centers, uh, again, with this whole, you know, witch hunt about abortion. Um, and again, I'll remind you that only 3% of the services that Planned Parenthood provides is abortion. That said, abortion is a vital health care service as uh, defined by the World Health Organization. It's... But whatever, you know, who cares, right? Uh, he introduced the first federal measures to block patients from care at Planned Parenthood and then introduced five more. And he threatened to shut down the government over it. And he's still trying. So uh, another one, Mike Pence has just uh, in Indiana, where he is from, where he was, go he is, I guess, governor, uh, he signed a whopping eight anti-abortion bills into law in less than four years as governor of Indiana. Uh, that's every single anti-abortion bill that crossed his desk, the equivalent of two per year. And he's not even done. So cool, cool. Um, this includes 
what has what some have called the country's most extreme abortion anti-abortion bill yet it's so extreme that even anti-abortion republican women in his state legislature opposed it uh <laughs> another one pence tried to redefine the word rape in a bill in order to limit access to abortion <sighs> i can't even uh, he signed a $3.5 million contract to lie to women seeking abortion. As governor, Pence signed a contract to take $3.5 million from the state's Temporary Assistance for Needy Families program, which provides to low-income families, and gave it to the Pennsylvania-based anti-abortion group Real Alternatives. This is one of those crisis pregnancy centers that lies to women to actively promote childbirth instead of abortion. Uh, he doesn't know how condoms work and thinks that they're too modern and he built his career not only attacking women's health but also attacking lgbtq rights uh as governor he signed into law legislation that legalized discrimination against lgbtq people uh the religious the quote-unquote religious freedom law gave businesses the green light to discriminate against such folks on religious grounds oh so christian um the law obviously was criticized around the country very high profile people suspended travel to the state oh god what a goddamn nightmare i mean ugh. you know he gutted reproductive health funding in Indiana, uh, which led directly to one of the largest outbreaks of HIV in recent history. <sighs> I don't even know where to start because, like, <laughs> there's so many. I mean, it's like <sighs> just so many arms of terrible just flailing around white supremacy, uh, hatred for women, and LGBTQ folks and oh lord well I'll start by reading this statement from the National Disability Leadership Alliance on Solidarity in the 2016 presidential election quote following a truly historic election we find ourselves facing an unknown future despite a great deal of speculation we know little about president trump president-elect trump's intention toward our community i'm just going to interject here and say that this was published on november 11th as i'm speaking to you it's currently november 15th and trump's cabinet has started to take shape uh, we're starting to know a little bit more about uh, his intentions toward our community. Uh, he has appointed or is um, threatening to appoint Steve Bannon as his chief of strategy. Steve Bannon is uh, the known white supremacist uh, responsible for Breitbart.com, which is a quote-unquote alt-right publication um, that is and has been um, full of just Jesus fucking Christ. I, I like, I don't even know what to say. Um, I'm just going to continue reading this quote. 
What we do know is that the important issues that concerned us prior to the election are still there. In the coming months, there will be many attempts to dissect this election. There will also be efforts made with to work with the Republican White House and Congress. What we cannot do is abandon our core values, including recognition of the diverse and intersectional nature of our community. Doing so would divide and weaken us. The disability community has grown stronger this election cycle. We are better organized. We have built thicker networks with strong alliances. Social media campaigns like hashtag rev up and hashtag crip the vote have mobilized many who have not traditionally participated in, dis- in disability activism slash advocacy. We have done all of this by embracing our, div- our, our diversity and by working with other social, working with other justice movements, not against them. While some might be tempted, it would be reckless to take a path of chasing power at the expense of of the erasure of so many of our community. We cannot go back to that all too recent past in which we thoroughly ignored and excluded the voices of the disabled people who belong to multiple communities. Disabled people of color and disabled LGBTQIA people are not tangential parts of our community. They are us. Disabled people live in every corner of our society, and for our work to have any meaning, it must represent all of our interests. There is no victory in clawing over a smaller piece of a diminishing pie. We must continue to fight for the constitutional and civil rights of all disabled people. Beyond that, we must fight for justice for all. We cannot, for one second, forget that our diversity is our strength and unity is essential to our cause. End quote. (sighs) I mean, that is so much, (laughs) so much of what I've had a really hard time articulating. Um, It is absolutely vital that we come together in this extremely dark time and fight for our rights and the rights of those who can't fight for them and fight with others fighting for basic human and civil rights. Um, one thing that uh, candidate Trump had promised repeatedly um, is that he would repeal the Affordable, and sometimes repeal and replace, but we'll get to that, uh, repeal the Affordable Care Act on, quote, day one of his presidency. Now, um, a day one repeal seems unlikely, uh, and he's kind of walked back some of that, uh, and it may take up to two years for any sort of repeal to take place. That said, uh, we have every reason to be absolutely terrified that he will, in fact, uh, dismantle the Affordable Care Act, uh, colloquially known as Obamacare. Um, We have no reason to believe that he would not. He and his cronies would not. Uh, They've been, maybe not him in particular, he's rather new to the scene, but those that he is... uh, 
building his cabinet of and our Republican-led Congress has been attempting to repeal the Affordable Care Act since it went into effect, since before it went into effect, actually, um, instead of trying to listen. I know the Affordable Care Act as it stands sucks. Um, it's not great. Uh, you know, too bad it's been uh, effectively dismantled and um, destroyed over the past several years through uh, a deliberate campaign of misinformation, uh, court challenges, and uh, just a constant slog toward convincing people that uh, <laughs> healthcare is somehow like not important. Um, like I said, it's not great. Um, but it has saved a lot of lives, uh, mine included. Uh, I have personally benefited from multiple, um, provisions of the Affordable Care Act. I am currently covered thanks to my state's expansion, participation in the Affordable Care Act and expansion of Medicaid under the Affordable Care Act. I was able to go back on my parents' insurance, um, after a very dicey time after I graduated from college, uh, once the Affordable Care Act went into effect, I was able to uh, go back on their insurance until I was 26. Uh, a few other provisions of the Affordable Care Act have been very important in keeping me alive um, and keeping a lot of people alive. And should we repeal the Affordable Care Act, uh, it would leave 22 million people without health care. Now, are costs out of control? Yup. Uh, is it too much for most of us to afford? Yup. Uh, is it affordable? Nope. Um, but, you know, there were provisions built into the act that were supposed to mitigate that, that, uh, you know, were dismantled by the opposition. Um, I will take a moment to remind you that uh, the framework for the Affordable Care Act, the healthcare, the marketplaces and whatnot, is actually based on a model created by conservative think tank, uh, the Heritage Foundation, and was implemented in Massachusetts by Republican Governor Mitt Romney. So um, this isn't something that was, you know, dreamt up by the left to force people into healthcare that they don't want. Our healthcare costs were already spiraling out of control, and this was uh, some sort of attempt to mitigate that and get more people covered. Obviously, coverage does not equal care, and care does not necessarily equal um, quality of life or, you know, not being impoverished and destitute thanks to our healthcare. Um, you know, the American healthcare system super fucked up and it has been for a long time. So, uh, you know, instead of, uh, voting to repeal the act upwards of 60 times, uh, the Republican led Congress has had a few years, a few years, uh, to, you know, improve it or, you know, make changes that, that might actually uh, make healthcare a bit more affordable. Instead, they have led this long slog toward convincing people that it is the worst possible thing, even though uh, 
when pieces of the Affordable Care Act are pulled in different language, um, they actually pull very highly and people think very highly of it. Uh, at this show, um, from the very beginning, you know, I have always operated under the thesis that healthcare is a human right. Um, plenty of, you know, people still want to have a debate over whether or not that is true. Um, you know, and they can go ahead and do that all they like. Um, it's a total fucking waste of my time. And I won't uh, enter, I mean, is healthcare a human right currently? No. Should it be? Yes. And that's that's the place that I'm coming from. Um, and, oh, God. For those of you listening who think that Trump, a Trump presidency might help you in some way, if you think that you are part of a group that um, will not get fucked by his administration, you are really wrong. Um, probably, you know, who knows? I don't have a time machine, but what I do have is a lifetime of living in New York and New Jersey. Um, and if you think he's not going to fuck you, I promise you, he will fuck you too. Even though he has, you know, uh, toyed with the the illusion that maybe he won't be as bad as he was on the campaign trail. Um, the people that he's surrounding himself with are a very clear sign that... Um, we're headed for some really dark times and it's going to get a lot worse before it gets any better. Um, you know, I really, I'm in a very dark place right now, as are a lot of people. And, um, you know, I, these are really real concerns that we have, uh, without healthcare, millions of people will die. Um, cutting Medicaid funding, millions of people will die if they privatize Medicare, um, which is a hilarious, hilarious idea to me because, um, you know, private insurance is like not working out so great. So I'm not sure why they think, that, oh God, <laughs> I feel so helpless. I, I really feel helpless and hopeless, but I'm not going to give up and neither should you because fuck this guy, fuck his friends and fuck every, <laughs> I want to say fuck everyone who voted for him. Uh, but that's obviously alienating. Um, you know, I suppose we do. I don't know. I just don't know. Um, ugh, this sucks. Anyway. Never mind. That's, my brain doesn't want to do that now. My brain doesn't want to do any of this right now and hasn't. Maybe I'm not ready to talk about this yet. <laughs> ah! Um, as terrifying as a repeal of the Affordable Care Act. And like, sure, if it's replaced with something... <laughs> maybe it won't be so bad. Um, but given that uh, Trump and his buddies have 
zero policy experience and uh, zero policy proposals, really. And the ones that they have proposed are laughable um, or just equally as terrifying as no ACA at all. Um, You know, it's going to take a while for that. Um, Insurance companies already have not totally adhered to provisions of the Affordable Care Act. For instance, many insurance companies are not covering birth control as they are supposed to under the act um, because there's no one to hold them accountable. And uh, because of the campaign of misinformation against the Affordable Care Act, a lot of people don't know that they are entitled to uh, birth control free of cost under the Affordable Care Act. So. Whether it takes two years for them to repeal the Affordable Care Act or not, um, insurance companies will be emboldened by an administration who will not hold them accountable to the provisions in the Affordable Care Act. Um, So there is (laughs) that. Now, I'm usually one of the first people who's like, hey, cool it with the Hitler comparisons. Um, But in this case, given that he is intending to appoint a known neo-Nazi as his head of strategy for the White House, um, so basically his Karl Rove if you recall the Bush years, um, you know, that is uh, something to be really alarmed about. The increase in hate crimes that uh, verified hate crimes. I know people want to pretend like this is maybe not real, Um, but this is happening and it happened in the UK following the Brexit vote. Um, People feel emboldened in their hateful Um, stances and are acting on it and putting people at risk. (sighs) The the disabled were were the first victims of the Holocaust. And I mean, maybe you come from a place that doesn't have Jewish people. Uh, I I know that where I live is is on the coast in New York is a, a bubble of itself. But growing up, I had friends who had grandparents that survived the Holocaust and family members that did not. Um, I saw those tattoos. I I heard those stories. Um, And talking about it right now, I am chilled to the bone thinking about um, uh, what could happen under this administration where they have full control of all three branches of our government, Um, those checks and balances (laughs) that are supposed to be there are gonna dry up pretty quickly, I think. Um, And there are are very dark days ahead. (laughs) As dark as this week has felt, there are very dark, even darker days ahead. Um, So we're going to have to fight like hell. 
um, this show will go on, but it might, but, um, some of the different directions that I talked about in our birthday episode are going to maybe be on the back burner. Um, and the show might take some weird twists and turns during this administration. Um, I am not going to stand silent in the face of fascism, um, and my own personal health advocacy will reflect that. Uh, and the show will likely will certainly reflect that as well. I've built this platform and I will use it to fight against I big bad. Um, I hope you will use whatever platform you have as well. Um, Right, the normalization. So this is a nightmare scenario. What's even scarier to me, and I've been saying this for like at least six months, is the normalization of Trump's rhetoric and behavior behavior over the course of the campaign. And now that he's won, even more so uh, by the quote unquote mainstream media. Um, I mean, think back to 2008. Sarah Palin was running as a vice presidential candidate. And we all thought, how could this possibly happen? What a lunatic. This is ridiculous. Nothing else will ever be this ridiculous in presidential politics. And eight years later, we wind up with President-elect Trump, who has, over the course of his campaign, said, had such hits as, and I quote, I prefer people who weren't captured when referring to uh, a former prisoner of war regarded by many as a war hero, John McCain. Uh, What what, what are some other great ones? I mean, there was the whole grab them by the pussy video. Um, You know, just mocking a disabled reporter, although that's really just par for the course. You know, blood coming out of her wherever. Um, just, I mean, like, it felt like every day, if not every week, there was something else that I thought, that's it. This has got to be all right. The thing about the, oh God, where I was thinking, that's it. This, this has got to be the thing that, that breaks the camel's back. This, no one has said anything this ridiculous in the history of presidential politics, and this for sure will discount him, and uh, he'll be out. And yet, and yet. Um, so that's really alarming to me, because by the end of the campaign, by the time last Tuesday rolled around, the ridiculous shit that he had said for the past two years just seemed so much less ridiculous, because it only kept escalating. Um, and that, that is, uh, something to be really, really alarmed about. Normalizing racism is an act of racism. Uh, rationalizing or ignoring sexual violence is violence. Legitimizing fascism is fascism. Uh, I just, so stay vigilant. This is not normal. This is not okay. 
even if Trump is impeached or dies in office. Um, there's no shortage to nightmare men uh, to replace him. So we're going to have to fight like hell. It's going to get a lot darker before we see the dawn. And things are going to get a lot worse before they get better. A lot of people are probably going to die. And a lot of people are going to get hurt. And um, to be quite frank, I'm not sure that our that this great country will make it out of this alive. Um, I'm sorry if that's not a sunny enough outlook for you. I'm sorry that I can't say something that is more comforting. Uh, but our nation elected a con artist and um, we're gonna be paying for that for a long time, not just the next four years. Um, whew, man. So stay tuned. Well, I'm not the best at reacting to things because my immediate re reaction is to shut down and cry and scream and, uh, turn into some primal being. <laughs> uh, and because, like, as a person with extremely limited, extremely limited energy resources, um, you know, I, I have to be really careful about how I use my energy and that's hard because all I want to do is just run out into the streets screaming and lighting things on fire. Um, but that's not really you know, a good use of my energy. So, um, you know, I will be using the show as a platform to highlight, uh, people who are fighting the good fight against this administration and it's, uh, very dangerous policies, proposed policies. Um, I will use this show as a platform to fight against this, to fight hatred and to fight fascism and to fight white supremacy and to fight Islamophobia and xenophobia and transphobia and homophobia and all of the phobias against people who are just people, just like you and me. Uh, that motherfucker will not... I will not go down without a fight, and I hope you don't either, and, well, we don't have much of a choice because a lot of countries won't allow disabled people to immigrate to them, so we're in this together. Uh, fuck that guy, fuck his administration, fuck his friends, and fuck all of this. Um, yikes, yikes, yikes. I am still in a glass case of emotion. <laughs> and, uh, yeah. Let's do the damn thing. Um, send me the advocacy work that you're doing, the artwork that you're doing, the protests that you're doing, the letter writing, the phone calling, the whatevering, 
I want to know about it. I want to know that our network is strong and our network of people who believe in what is right and what is just and who believe that, in fact, all people are created equal and that hatred and fear, although I'm scared as hell, I will not lie to you, but let's use that fear as fuel to fight the hatred and fuck that guy. That's really, I mean, I'm sorry that I can't be more articulate, but like really fuck that guy and fuck his friends uh, and fuck everyone who keeps saying that like, hey, maybe it won't be so bad um, because we have absolutely no reason to believe that that is the case. And I'll, I'll leave you with this uh, this poem written by Pastor Martin Niemöller. I'm not sure if I pronounced that correctly, about the cowardice of German intellectuals following the Nazis' rise to power. And like I said, you know, this is not... Trump is not Hitler. This is not the Nazi rise to power. This is different because that's already happened and we, our country still elected this fucking ass clown. Um, in spite and people saying like, oh, he won't, he, he won't do the things that he said that he would or whatever. Um, that's a really weird stance to take after an election like this and after a campaign like this. Uh, so I, I, I'll leave you with this. First, they came for the socialists, and I did not speak out because I was not a socialist. Then they came for the trade uni- unionists, and I did not speak out because I was not a trade unionist. Then they came for the Jews, and I did not speak out because I was not a Jew. Then they came for me, and there was no one left to speak for me. Um, if I had one critique of this, I would say first they came for the disabled. And so, game on. Let's fight like hell. And fuck that guy. (laughs) 